You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and on the other end of the line is my co-host, Curtis. You can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA, or you could, uh, if it's easier for you, email us at, at, glor- or at GloryUJPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, whether you disagree or agree with us, we would love to hear your thoughts on any and every topic that we cover here on the show. Uh, if you're listening to us on Dog Sports Radio, which I know a lot of you are, uh, just a heads up that you can also find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn, if that might possibly make the show a little easier for you guys to access. I know when they uh, post our show on one day and the next day they might load it up with five or six more shows and our show kind of gets lost there. So if it's a little easier for you to access on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those, uh, you might want to check it out there. Um, and, I, and really, again, not to insult anyone out there because you guys know how the internet works. But I'll just say it anyway, just to be safe. Uh, You can subscribe to the show on any of those platforms, particularly iTunes and SoundCloud. And that will kind of give you alerts and download the shows for you as soon as the new shows are posted. So you don't have to worry about going and searching for it. It's just kind of right there for you. Uh, Anyway, on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different uh, for us here on the Glory UGA podcast. It's definitely football-related. We're usually a very much so a a nuts-and-bolts type show, hardcore uh, football talk. We should try to be as much as we can, but um, we want to go a little bit of a different direction direction today. Definitely football related, but a little different. Um, and we're going to start off with uh, talking just real brief, and I promise this will transition into football. You'll see how this sort of it'll kind of segue. But we're going to start off with talking about just a slight bit about the Masters that was obviously played this past weekend in Augusta. I know golf, really. This is a football show, right? Well, just hear me out. Hear me out here. So, Curtis, let me just start with this. Uh, did you watching the Masters this past weekend? Um, a little bit, not too much. Does like is that like typical, pretty typical for you on any given year? I mean, does, does the Masters really get you excited? Does it really do anything for you? Um, I would have been watching it more if my guy was leading. You know, who's your guy? I cheer for Spieth. You know, he's close. He knows the young guy. That's the wrong answer, man. That's the wrong answer, dude. You gotta go all dogs. You gotta go, Bubba. I mean, of you gotta I go, cheer, Kiz. Of course, I want the dogs to win, but if the dogs aren't winning, I'll go for him over someone That's like true. a, a per se Sergio Garcia, a Sergio or a Rory, something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, yeah, for me, it's all dogs all the time. So, uh, for I was all about like after Russell Henley posted a really good score in the first round, uh, then he kind of backed off a little, had a little bit of a down day in this, in, on a Friday, but he kind of picked it up on Saturday and Sunday. He finished, I think, in the top twelve, right, which qualified him for next year's Masters. But really, once I saw our guys, right, contention, Kiz, Bubba, who just played some terrible golf, um, Russell was there for a while. Swafford didn't have a great day. I, I kind of lost interest. So if our guys are in contention, I'm all about it. But outside of that, I'm, I guess I'm a casual observer there, and yeah, I guess I could pull for speed there. Um, but I mean, like, do you really get into it like a lot of folks in Georgia do? I mean, I think I think you get more into it, especially if you go there. 
Well, that, and that's what I want to bring up here, and that's why I bring this this whole Masters topic up, not to talk a lot of golf. Um, but this is nothing new. I mean, you hear this every year. You can't turn on ESPN or really any sports show during Masters week and not hear all the on-air personalities kind of just gushing over the utopia that is Augusta National. And, I, and I'm sure it's beautiful. I haven't been there. I'm sure it's beautiful. You kind of hear them just gush over the overwhelming experience of what it means to take in a Masters tournament. And that's every single year. But for me, the impetus for bringing this up on the show today, it's a little more personal for me. I have a coworker who I love. He's a great dude, great guy. Um, the coworker of mine who happened to get some tickets to the tournament this past weekend. I think he was actually he was there uh, Saturday and Sunday, so he got to see the big time show. And he has literally not shut up about it all week, from the golf itself to the food you can get there and how cheap the concessions are. He's really on how cheap the concessions are. Uh, the weather, the course, even the smell. Yeah, he's talking about the smell, whatever. But all this guy has talked about since getting back to work on Monday was how awesome it was that he got to go to the Masters. You know, it's you keep getting the, you have to go. I'm, I'm telling you, man, you just can't understand what I'm talking about until you go for yourself. That kind of thing is what I've been hearing all week. So according to this coworker of mine, he has just checked off a bucket list item for him. And, and that's that's a lot of people. A lot of people see the Masters getting a chance to go there as kind of a bucket list event for them. And and as as my coworker, love him, love him to death, as he's talking about all this and how great it was, I'm you know I'm trying to be polite, kind of nod my head, go along with it like people do. But really, like if I'm being perfectly honest, for me, going to the Masters is just not a bucket list thing for me. Like I know it is for a lot of people, and that's totally cool. We all have our own things. I'm just one dude, but for me, it's just not something that I'm all that interested in going to. It's great to watch it on TV, especially if some of our dogs are, are in contention. Uh, and for me, it's like one of those things that if someone gave me a ticket, I'd go. You know what I mean, Kurt? Like, yeah. if somebody called me up, if my coworker called me up and said, hey, dude, I got, I got a ticket for you, I would have been like, sure, let's do this. But I honestly, I don't think I would pay much of anything to go watch it. It just doesn't really do anything for me, particularly when it comes to the price it actually costs to get I mean, I think at one point last week, did you see how much they were going for? Uh, 400 or plus. Oh, no, dude. Saturday and Sunday passes were going for like 6000 a piece on the secondary market. Like insanity. And, and golf is cool. I love it. I'm terrible at golf, but I love to play it. I, I like to watch it. But I'm telling you, man, there is no golf tournament in the world for me that is worth more than like 50 bucks. I mean, what about you? How much would you pay to go to a, any like a, a Masters-type tournament? I'm not paying a couple hundred. Would you really? Yeah. So you're more into it than I am. I mean, I, 50 bucks maybe for me. And you could maybe talk me up to 100 if, if if everything else around there is right. If you're talking about some tailgating, which I don't even know. If, do they let you do that at the Masters? I don't know. Um, but I don't know, man. For me, is, is it one of those – like, are you like most people? Would the Masters be one of those items on your bucket list? I'd have to say so. I think just the environment. It's like it's, – it's probably one of the top things in golf. So it's like one of those things where – you know, if you're seeing the top things in all sports. Yeah, it's like if you have a chance, you know, if you whatever sport it is, you want to go to their top event, yeah. And the Masters, is that's it for golf, right? I mean, that's pretty indisputable. I mean, to, to people from Georgia, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're from the UK, it'd be the British. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. It's just, and that's cool, man. That's totally cool. I mean, hopefully one day you get to go. But uh, you haven't been, right? Not yeah. Yeah, so maybe one day you get to go, hopefully. I, it, but for me, though, I, I, I can honestly just kind of care less. And I know that's kind of... That's blasphemy here in Georgia, uh, but it's just not one of those things for me. But here's how I want to connect this to football today. Uh, I want to talk about 
our top five sporting events on our bucket list. They don't necessarily have to be football related. Uh, although for me, I mean, every single one of them on my list is going to be football related. But just your top five overall bucket list events in the sports world. So it could be specific venues, uh, certain games you want to go see, uh, events, whatever. It's your list, anything you want. So, Kerr, I'm going I'm to throw this out at you first, and I'll go through my list. What would be the top five sporting events on your sports bucket list? I probably have to say um, seeing Georgia in a stadium like LSU at night. LSU at night, is that number one? Um, not number one. I'd probably say that's probably in the top five right there. So LSU, and I w- you'll have the chance, man, next uh, next year, 2018, know, to go to the It's a great um, place, man. You'll love it. Hopefully coming up this year to visit Notre Dame. I mean, you know, most of us grew up watching the movie Rudy and things like that. So, you know, Notre Dame's one of those places you always want to go see a game at. Yep, I'm checking that one off this year. I got hotels uh, the day. They, they I was calling them every single day starting like May of last year. They knew me by name by the time they finally opened up the reservations and I got those first day. I'm, I know a lot of people stay in Chicago. I'm actually doing South Bend because I don't want to do the drive and travel and be able to experience the whole thing. So, yes, I'm pumped about that too. I agree. What else? Um, You know, it's one of those – there's only so many things that you know that we haven't done. Well, think about like maybe college venues or NFL venues that you haven't been to, stadiums that you haven't been to that might be up you know, there the for NFL's you. NFL is not my thing. You know, as random as it is, I would love to go see a Stanley Cup final game. Really? I would never have guessed you would said that. You do not strike uh, me as a Stanley Cup it's guy. Just one of the, I mean, I'm not a huge hockey guy. It's just the I think that their environment is better than most people. Quick, what's icing mean? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I know that. But <laughs> when it comes to you know the but NHL, you want to go see Stanley Cup? Okay. I think that'd be exciting. The environment, the fighting, you know. And I will, I will say, I, I, I mean, I went to maybe two Thrashers games when they used to be here. I used to go to a couple uh, back in the day, man. I think, what was the Flames? I think we were here for a while. I was a little kid. Uh, in Gwinnett, what, who's in Gwinnett? The Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, one of my buddies had a co- had season passes there, season tickets there. So I, he took me to a couple games, and it's like it's a pretty cool environment. Um, it's it's kind of fun. I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't know much hockey. I'm not gonna tell you what offsides is and that kind of thing. But I don't really don't know much. But it's fun to watch the the physicality, even if you don't exactly know what's going on. The fighting is kind of cool. So I, mean, I can I would, see that. I would also probably have to say a game in the Rose Bowl. Well, that's gonna happen, man. Yeah, you know, it's twenty twenty four or something like that. Yeah, that's true. It'll be a while off, but I would definitely like to see a game up there. You know, it's just one of those things. Especially you see them on TV and national championships, all those things. Would it? Would you care if it was a Georgia game in the Rose Bowl or just the Rose Bowl period? I think I prefer to see Georgia because it makes the environment, you know, matter that much more. Yeah, yeah. It's we're playing them in Pasadena to open up the twenty twenty five season. That, that dude, that's gonna be my fortieth birthday party. We're doing that. Seriously, I'll be forty that year. Not quite. Not. I'll be close and to I'd it, probably- but. I probably have to say the last thing, as much as I hate soccer, I probably want to go to a World Cup. Just, you know, it's one of those where you represent your country type thing. Seriously. Dude, you are throwing me some curveballs here. Stanley Cup and World and World Cup? I mean, it's more or less like, I mean, it's the same thing as going to the Olympics, you know, just seeing everyone's pride in their country. So you just kind of want to experience the big deals. That's yeah. How you, and that's big, cool. The big things all they have to have. Yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense. That's one of those kind of like, you know, just exp- once in a lifetime type experiences kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with any of those, dude. I mean, and it's your list, so why would I want to argue? Uh, I took a little bit of a different track with mine, though. Um, and trust me, I think about this all the time because I get pissed off that I never get – and I know I'm never – at least I feel like I'm never in a chance to go do these things. 
So as I said, my top five sporting event bucket list is all football, all college football. Because I'm not an NFL guy. I don't like NFL does nothing for me. I know everybody was excited for the Falcons, good for the Falcons. I guess I it would be nice for them to win, but it's not my thing. I have no no loyalty really to them outside of them. They play in the state of Georgia, but I got no connection there. It's all college sports for me. Um, so for me, number one on my bucket list is a national title game anywhere that we are playing in. I could care less. Like I wouldn't I would not have cared to go to the Clemson Alabama. Actually I would have been pissed off to go to that game. It would just piss me off. It would have pissed me off watching it. Um, but uh any national title game that we're in, that's number one. Like I actually that's what I that's kind of what I live for. If, if that win and if that ever happens, I think my life will be complete if we win it. Like I really do. And I I mean I could probably just go ahead and good Lord could take me at that point. Um but that's number one without a doubt. I would say like let me ask you this though, like if, if we're talking about a national title game, what would be like your ideal I know this wasn't on your bucket list, but if you were go if we were going to a national title game, which God willing this will happen sooner rather than later, what would be like the ideal city that you would like it to be in? Because I mean last year it was in Tampa, it's been in Dallas, it's been in it's gonna be New Orleans, it's gonna be in Atlanta eventually. Where would you like it to be? Definitely New Orleans. Cause I think just the everything else you can do around the town, oh, yeah. the city. centrally located near the near the city and all the fun stuff. Absolutely, New Orleans exactly. is a great I mean, one. You know, New Orleans, Bourbon Street, all that's more fun. I mean, Atlanta's great, but you know, we're from here. It's nothing. It would it would like be like an afternoon for me. Like it that exactly. I, I actually I, I'm actually I, I know this. I I, well, I don't care. I will. I'm not going to be picky. I'll take whatever we can get national championship wise. But if we were gonna, if I had to pick a national championship, I would hope it would not be the one in Atlanta. Like I want to go somewhere and just make an event out of it. I mean, make a week out of it. Like I would have loved to go to Tampa last year. I don't know if you have you ever been to Tampa. Like actually stayed in Tampa. Not stayed there. But it's a nice there. city, man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Ebor City there. It's got the Cuban flavor, Cuban vibe. It's it's a cool little place. I would have loved to have been there last year. Obviously, uh, really for me, like any city that's not Pasadena, California, uh, because that's so far. I mean, it's technically LA, but not really. And I, LA. And I honestly don't think Texas would be that great because I don't think there's that much to do. Like in Dallas. Yeah, compared to, I mean, you got to think that that stadium's not even in Dallas. Anymore. If it was in Austin, that's one thing, but it's not. Yeah. If it, it's like in Dallas or Houston, those do nothing for me, at all, and neither does Phoenix. Like if we, I mean, again, I would play. I, I Bears can't be choosers here, but I would not be as excited. I mean, I, clearly, I would be excited if we were in a national championship game, but Phoenix, like that sucks. I mean, there's that stadium is like out in the suburbs. That University of Phoenix Stadium, I would, that just would do nothing for me. But Miami would be awesome. New Orleans, like you said, would be awesome. Tampa. Hell, even talking about Minneapolis making a bit. I'd rather be in Minneapolis than Phoenix, honestly. I really would. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, so National Tile Game, anywhere, really, you know, would be number one for me. Then number two on my bucket list, and I'm not including Notre Dame here because we're going there this year. So I'm just, even though I haven't technically gone yet, haven't technically knocked it off my bucket list, but I'm going to, so I'm not going to include that here. Number two for me would be a game, a Georgia game at the Big House at Michigan. How sweet would that be, dude? That would be sick, yeah. How sick would that be, man? I mean, and I, and again, I've never. These are all places I've never been. I want to go. I like to experience new things. I mean, I love going to Missouri. Uh, I love going to I mean, when we get a chance to go to Death Valley. I love going to. Um, I the Jacksonville is not a great town. I, I love going to that game, but. You know, it's nice to see something new. And, and I've heard Ann Arbor is a great college town. Uh, actually, I have another coworker whose son lives in, in Ann Arbor. He just raves about it. So I would love to go there. And just the, the, the history, the tradition there, and just get that Big Ten vibe, you know, because I've never been in a Big Ten stadium. And if I had to pick one, I chose Michigan over, over the horseshoe, over Ohio State. Would you go Ohio State or would you go Michigan? 
definitely Michigan. I think they've got more history than Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, and from what I understand, Ann Arbor is a better city than Columbus. So I would definitely go Michigan there. Uh, number three for me would be another road college venue at Texas. At Texas, dude. A Georgia game at Texas. Not that their stadium is like this, you know, historical stadium or anything, but Austin, yeah, I've never been. It's on my bucket list of places to go. Uh, I, and it's weird. I travel, like, you know, I, I travel extensively. Uh, during the summer, I'm a teacher, so during the summer, my wife and I, we get to just go places. And we usually go, but we usually go, like, to Europe and, like, foreign countries. We don't so much travel that often in the U.S. So I've actually never been to Austin, uh, and I definitely want to. So just, I, I can imagine... That, that tailgating scene, the Saturday afternoon, the whole week, the, the football weekend at Texas, in a cool town like Austin, like I, I would, I would kill literally to go to to a game like that. That'd be awesome for me. So Texas uh, would be number three. Here's the one that the last two I think might be out of left field. You might be surprised. Number four here, I would love for us to play a game at Washington. At Washington, would that do anything for you? No, not at all. Why not, dude? Washington, the West Coast? I don't like the West Coast. You've never been to the West Coast. Don't want to. Why not? I mean, if I'm going to go West Coast, i go California, not somewhere like Washington that's terrible, you know. Oh, it could rain. Okay, so it probably would rain. I'll give you that. But have you seen their new stadium and the setup they've got there? I mean that's the same as going to Baylor almost. Theirs is on the river. But no, uh, but it's theirs on the river. There's uh, Washington's on Lake Washington. They have like their, they have their Husky Navy, kind of like Tennessee has their Vol Navy, which is a poor man's version of what they have in at Washington. I don't know, man. Just sitting right there on the waterfront, there that view that would be. And I've never been to Washington. I would love. And again, just it's me just trying to see something new. And it's in Seattle too, which is a, a cool part of Washington. So, and yeah, the weather probably overcast. That's kind of what they do there. But that would just be something totally new for me, trying to experience the Pac-12. Something that, again, something I would never get to experience otherwise and kind of see how they do it Pac-12 style. So if I was going somewhere in the Pac-12, like I get what you're saying, California. I considered Stanford, but to me, like... Those aren't big environments. Right, it's not It's not a big environment. Now, college football in Washington, like the Hus- that's a big deal. Like that's, that's, they have a pretty rabid fan base. Stanford, not so much. I mean, they never sell their stadium out. I think they're good USC, even though the stadium's not the nicest. I think they're, they'd have a better environment than Stanford. They, they would definitely have a better environment than Stanford. But, again, like the Coliseum and the Rose Bowl are not in L.A. Like, you, you're going to have to fight traffic to get that game. So, to me, that would screw with my tailgate. The way I and, and look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the spectrum somewhere, guys. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. It isn't per se tailgate. Right, like, well, for me, like, I, I like to be able, like, I like to be centrally located. My wife and I, when we, we travel all the road games, we play, we pay a premium for hotels that are centrally located where we can walk everywhere, walk to the stadium, walk to the, if possible, uh, walk to all the restaurants. So we just want to be able to go and have fun, park our car, and not get it back in it until we have to go somewhere or until we have to leave. Um, it's just more fun that way for us. So, but L.A., like, what going to the Rose Bowl, going to the Coliseum, like, you can't really do that. Maybe you can get an Uber, but you're going to fight traffic. And, and, like, I don't know. That's just not, not – but the, the in-state environment would probably be awesome, right? I think you're right there. But I don't know so much about the whole experience. That's why I, I would go Washington. I think you can you can get there, have the whole experience, and be awesome. Now, Palo Alto, I, again, haven't been there. Here it's an awesome place. Actually, we're going to be going there possibly this summer. Um, but just their stadium environment, it's just not a big deal. They're more of an academic institution, so that eh, doesn't do as much for me. All right, last one here for me. Again, this one – had to think about it a little bit, uh, but then it kind of came to me. At Wisconsin. I know. I know, right? Like, why? Why at Wisconsin? 
I get you. I get I mean, you. I can see that because we, you know, we have friends that play college football there, things like that. Yeah, and I've I've heard. Yeah, yeah, we've had some family friends that play college football there, and everyone I've ever talked to that's been to Wisconsin or been to Madison talks about how awesome of a college town well, it is. Well, and they, they party hard up. There. Yeah, and yeah. So I'm say, if you ever look at some of those like college, like, if you did, like them in uh, West and Morgantown, Morgantown, yeah. So more harder than Athens, right? And that's and if you've ever if you go into school here, which I know a lot of you probably did, that's saying something because we can we can do it right here in Athens. Um, but yeah, and you always look at those like the U.S. News World Report or whatever. Like when they make the the list of all the top party schools, Wisconsin's always pretty high up there. Um, and I hear it's an awesome town. It's it's I, well, this man, this is gonna be embarrassing. It's their capital city, right? <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, so it's a little bit bigger than Athens, um, but got a, a similar vibe from what I understand. So, And you, they have the whole jump around thing in the stadium there. It's another Big Ten environment. So, uh, and actually, I have a buddy who um, works uh, in audio and sound stuff. Like he, The company he works for does all UGA sound and audio or the video stuff. And they do it for a lot of different universities around the country. And he uh, went up to Wisconsin because they're one of their clients and went to their stadium. And he was just raving about like how like high-tech it is. Like they have TVs as you're walking across. Now this might not matter to some people, but, but as you're walking across the concourse, they have TVs. They say like every 20 feet, so you don't miss a second of the action. You just keep your face looking up at the TV. Now you might run into somebody, but talking about how cool it was and high tech it was. So I know that's kind of maybe out of left field, but I would love to go to a place like Wisconsin. Um, so all right, now the, talking about this. Now this is where it's really going to get um, hot and heavy on the football topic, specifically. Georgia football. So with all this talk about bucket list items, and I just mentioned all these college football places I would love to go see us play a game. But in reality, Curtis, like how, how good are the chances that I'm actually going to be able to go to these venues, looking at our scheduling philosophy? Not not many of the Michigan or Wisconsin. Right. So are you cool with that? Like, what is your take on our football scheduling philosophy with our current administration under the leadership of Greg McGarity? Do you um, like that? I mean, it's all right. I think playing a good a good team here and there is not bad. I mean, you got to it attracts some people at the beginning, um, but I think the biggest thing is what do you, you mean know, by attract people? Like you know, attract the pundits right away. You can sell it to kids uh, right away. It's exposure. Like, yeah, exposure more or less. Like Bama playing FSU game one this year. Yeah, and they talk about you all off season long. Like FSU, uh, Ole Miss last year, yeah. all years, top five. Matches. Like Alabama, USC last year. Yeah, you're exactly right, uh, and that, I think that's a big part of it. So, but, but it's a fine line. Like, does it help us, or would it help us, or hurt us more to schedule more big time opponents against these blue blood type programs? I think it would hurt us because I think the biggest thing is you know we'll get into it later in the show, but. It, when you do that, you got to look at our schedule because then we're playing uh, most of our opponents from Power Five universities. I mean, our our neutral, our you know, every year opponent in Georgia Tech is a Power Five yep. ACC team. And it's so the it's, more you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean, cut you off. I mean, just the more you attract those teams, the harder it is because then you're only with maybe one or two winnable games where you can really. Run over something. Right, because we have four non-conference games with an eight-team, eight-game SEC schedule. Tech's always going to be one of those. If you add another big Power Five team, that means two team, two ga- two almost guaranteed games against FCS or whoever it might be, a, a Group of Five team, whatever. But you also have to factor this in too. That game in Jacksonville, that neutral site game, 
Every other year, that counts as a home game for us. So scheduling some of these these games is very difficult for us because we're never going to put ourselves in a situation where we have less than six home games. And ideally, we want seven or eight home games. If you look at some of these teams that don't have neutral site games every year and don't have a, a non-conference in-state opponent, they can get up to eight home games a year. We don't ever get that situation because we always have Tech on the schedule and we also always have a game in Jacksonville, which every other year counts as a home game. So there are, there are a lot of situations like this year and last year where we're only going to have six home games. So that makes it a, a little more of a complicated situation to schedule some of those. I think you have to factor that in. Um, but like, think about the college football playoff, though. If you're, I mean, they, they say that strength of schedule plays into the college football playoff rankings. So you got to kind of walk that fine line. Like you don't want to put yourself I mean, in a you situation. You can say that, but look what Washington yep. did. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. So I want to look at a couple different teams here. So you're right. Washington last year made the playoff, and this was their. They, and I will say Washington does have a nine-game conference schedule. The Pac-12 plays nine I mean, conference but that's games. What I'm saying. I mean, that's the same though. Saying look at Georgia. If we had played our SEC conference and just kept Ted, why add anyone else? Well, you could pro- in most years you'd probably be okay getting into the playoff if you go undefeated or lose one game. Most years. Now, with our luck, when we've had our best years, that's that happens and it usually involves one loss. That's when other teams go undefeated and we don't get in. Uh, that was before the playoff, of course. But Washington last year had nine conference games, uh, and then their non-conference schedule was Portland State, Idaho, and Rutgers at home. Now, Rutgers is a Big Ten team, but that was one of the worst Power Five teams maybe in modern history. Um, so they had nothing to write home about, and they still made it even with one loss. Now that loss, it was a home loss. It was to USC, but it was still a home loss. So you're right there. Like you have to have to ask yourself, how much does scheduling really matter? Because they say it does, but you look at Washington. They lost a game and played Rutgers, Idaho, and Portland State in the non-conference, and still got in. So do you think it really matters all that much? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, then you got to look at the Big Ten situation. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. And, and if, but but if you look at like the, the the playoff teams outside of Washington, Washington's the only playoff team that didn't have in the three years of the playoff that did not have a legitimate Power Five opponent that season at some point, a non conference opponent. I think it's tough because you got to look what they've done to pass the teams like TCU and Baylor. With who? With those teams the, in particular? Yeah, those teams in particular with the playoffs where they took. Uh, the very first year they took Ohio State, I believe, is Ohio State over TCU. Who? And well, they came over TCU and Baylor, both of them. Yeah, because they didn't have a good non-conference schedule. Yeah, in Baylor, you know, in they both uh, TCU and Baylor both had one loss. Uh, Baylor beat TCU TCU head to head that year. Uh, and you, if you look at Baylor's or their, their non-conference schedule in 2014. Now, they also have the one true champion. That's really not a one true champion. They also play nine conference games in the Big Ten right now, or the Big 12 right now. But this was Baylor's 2014 non-conference schedule that first year of the playoffs. They had SMU at home, Northwestern State, and at Buffalo. And that's why, and that was the argument why they got left out. But that's my that's kind of an issue I have with this committee. I mean, I have to get too far into a rabbit hole here. But they say one thing, and one year it does matter. And then, the, and then this year, this past year, it didn't seem to matter at all because Washington played nobody in non-conference. Yeah, they played nine conference games, whatever. But it's the Pac-12, uh, which is a solid. It was a top heavy conference. There were some really bad teams. I mean, Washington or uh, not Washington State, uh, Arizona Oregon. State a rough year. Arizona was terrible. Oregon was terrible. Oregon State. Oregon State was god awful. So I mean, those teams are not any better than any typical Group of Five team. Um, so, I mean, 
even Washington State had a good year, but they lost to Eastern Washington, which is a good FCS program. It still was an FCS program that year. Uh, they so, lost to Boise, too. They lost to Boise, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. It's just you don't know. Like, any one year, the committee could decide to hold a weak non-conference schedule against you. So, if you schedule three pansies and Georgia Tech, maybe they hold it against you one year. Maybe the next year they don't. And maybe it's a, it's a, it's a situation of what's happening around you. What are the other teams that are in contention? How, how does their schedule look? But it's just yeah, One thing I want to say about this, too, is uh, when you schedule these tough teams, one thing that people don't realize is that's more minutes that your players are going to play. Because you got to think about it. When you play these tougher teams, but usually a majority of the time, your starters don't play the entire game. So you got to look at some of these teams that starters are getting rested and, not, and having a less, uh, less opportunity to get injured. That's a very good point. And you also, you're not getting your backups work. I mean, Kirby's been lamenting that openly from last year, right? Yeah. Like with Nickel State, some of these guys that, you know, we're going to be relying on some of these guys this year, but we couldn't really get them much work. A guy like Miko Harmon couldn't get him much work because we never really got a chance to put them in because we couldn't get a big enough lead. We couldn't destroy those teams we should have destroyed. So that's enough. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So I, I don't know. I, I will say, like, looking at the question – um, as to whether or not we should schedule more aggressively or we should be conservative in our scheduling, I'm kind of torn by that, you know? Because, like, you know me. The problem, the thing is, that, like you said, it could screw us, but at the same time, you have a better opportunity of, of at least being in that position when you don't, when you go a little less, you know, when you're not as, you don't have as strong a schedule. Because think about it, I mean, Right now, we always screw ourselves with games like that. Well, in the you're right, and then well, the prevailing thought, if you listen to national pundits, and maybe they're right, I'm gonna ask you if what you think. The prevailing thought, though, is that if you win all your games in the SEC and win the SEC title game, because you're gonna beat another really good opponent in the SEC yeah, title okay, game, that's the thing. is that enough for us on, in most years that, to get into the playoffs? And I think that is the biggest thing because most teams don't have a. They, everyone talks about how strong the SEC is. First off. And then for someone to go through the SEC undefeated or one loss, and then to win the championship, that is better than most regular games. But in that scenario, you're right. I, I absolutely. But in that scenario, you're relying on the SEC to stay as strong as it has been. And last year, we took. I mean, let's be real. It took a, at least a slight step back, or maybe other other conferences took a step forward. But we weren't as dominant as a conference as had previously been the case in most years. I mean, that's the same year. thing though. Look at Washington and their conference championship. Fair point. They wiped, they wiped the table with uh, Colorado. Fair point. Fair point. Well, Colorado's quarterback did get hurt, but you're right. They did. They did. You're right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I am torn by this because I look at it from two point, from two different points of view. As a fan, who you guys know, I, I go to every single game, all the road games. As 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 that, huh? I said you're not a fan. Don't let them lie to you. Shut your face, dude. I will destroy you. I will kill you. Um, but as a guy who goes to every single game. I absolutely love opportunities to go to cool campuses, man. Go to Ann Arbor if you get a chance. Go to Washington. Go to Wisconsin. Go to Austin. And kind of go to those cool venues that I would never otherwise get the chance to go to. I mean, I guys, I I cannot emphasize. I cannot. I really cannot relate to you how excited I am for this game at Notre Dame. Like, I, I am a child about this. I, I'm like a six-year-old who's just got the free run of the candy store, man. Like, I, I am beyond excited about it. I can't even think about it because I get so frustrated it's that far away. Like being able to go to those games, I love it. I live for this stuff, and like the atmosphere for home games versus big time Power Five opponents, it's incredible. Remember Clemson a couple years ago at home? I mean, I agree. It's awesome. I think the biggest thing is though, you also got to look at what happens. I mean, look at that year we played Oklahoma State the start yeah. year at, at, at Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah, you're breaking in a new quarterback. Not every time we have 
maybe Easton in year two or someone else. At Colorado game. in 2010. I was there for that game too. And, I mean, it was an awesome experience. It was amazing going to Boulder in that experience. But we lost, and the game itself yeah, that's sucked. The when you lose, that kills the experience that much more because you're not, you don't truly enjoy it because you're angry. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. So that's why I'm torn. Like as a fan, I want to, but I want to get a chance to experience these things on a regular basis. But I'm yeah, also but, I mean, torn. Also got, like you're saying, you want to experience these things, but you maybe you have the opportunity to experience the national championship that you want if you if you Ooh, you know change it. Fair point. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough for me to balance between like that desire to go to all these places. But I also don't know if it's in our best interest as a program, like we were talking about, to play those games in terms of our chances of getting in the playoffs. So it's I, that's why I'm torn. Like I know it might not be in our best interest based on what you saw last year with Washington, but I want to go, man. I want to see these games. These are like like once in a lifetime opportunities for me, and I, I just and I love the travel. I like to see new things. I want to I want to expand our brand. Um, but like okay, let's talk about this though, real quick. What would be the benefits outside of me being selfish and saying I want to go see these places and see us play in these places? What would be the benefits of us scheduling more aggressively with Power Five opponents, big time blue blood programs? What would be a benefit of that? The only one of the few benefits would just be national exposure. Yeah, I think that's not. I mean, that's all I got number one on my list here too. I, I think going along with the exposure because you're right. Like, they talk about it all off season long. I was listening to Sirius yesterday, Sirius XM Radio. And they were talking about the week one games. Of course, they were talking. I mean, about, if you watch the FSU spring game, all they talked about was being ready game one for yeah, Alabama. That's all they talked about. And Florida's getting some pub now because they're playing Michigan game one this year. So, I mean, that helps your exposure. And that exposure, what it does is it helps create the perception of your program. It helps drive the narrative. It helps you create your brand. Especially if you now, if you win those games, right? If you have those big time games and you win them, then it helps drive the narrative that you're a big time program. You're not scared. You're willing to play these games, and you can play with the big boys. So that exposure helps create the perception of your program, and that perception, like that, matters, right? Well, it can also create false exposure. I mean, think of Texas and Notre Dame last year. That's, I mean, yeah, to a degree, it could, it could pump. You could get the false hype, yeah. But like if if it helps drive this positive narrative of your program, playing these big time programs, and creates this perception that like by playing big time programs, you and in, in, in competing with them and winning some of those games, you and yourself, you look like a big time program, right? I mean, yeah. But and and that doesn't. How much does that help you in recruiting? A ton. I mean, it helps your tongue, but then at the same time, if you go out there and lose, then you're like we had did with Mark Rick, then you know yeah. that's a selling point. Like if you them. lose the Boise State game in the Georgia the Dome, Boise if you State lose to Colorado, if you lose State Oklahoma game, State, yeah, then then all that all of a sudden that becomes a negative recruiting factor. I say an albatross hanging on your neck. But what if you win them though, dude? If you win them, it's a crazy recruiting boon. It's all about the Jimmies and the Joes. Yeah, but I think how big a recruiting factor it is if you don't play them. You run the table, and then you're in the college football playoffs. That's an even bigger. Recruit. That drives perception even more. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. If you're always in the championship hunt, you're, that's true. That's there's true. always there's always a response to everything, and that that's the problem. Like you're saying, it, it tears you because there is always a response. What about fan engagement? Does that matter at all? Like fans get excited. For, I know I do. Get excited for these games, uh, home games against these opponents, road games. Does I that mean, factor yeah, at all? Ex- they get excited, but at the same time, it goes back into that the excitement's gone if you lose that. So the AD should not consider that at all? I mean, you should consider it, but I mean, at the same time... Like, fans you know, are pissed off about this year's home schedule. I don't know if you've I mean, talked to people, but I they're pissed. I understand that. I do understand that, because we, we, people don't understand. Like you're saying, we always lose a home game when it comes down to that Florida game. 
And what also screwed us is when they went back uh, when they when we expanded the SEC during realignment. And we had to play at Auburn twice right, in a row. Right, we had played at Auburn twice in a row, and now we have Auburn and Tech either both on the road in one year or both at home. So one year could be a really good schedule. The next year it's like, oh wow, this kind of sucks. So they, they kind of screwed us there. I, I wish we would not have gone along with it. Maybe we had no choice in the matter, but I wish we would have put up more of a fight about that because that, that just kind of threw our schedule off altogether. Um, yeah, because you got to, I think that's also a problem with scheduling is the fact that they did a terrible job. Now you have Tennessee, Auburn, and Tech all away in one season. Yep, yep. And that's like this year, like we got what, Mississippi State at home. We've got Kentucky at home. got South Carolina at home. Samford at home. I mean, this is not a, a Missouri at home. This is not a, I mean, and Louisiana Lafayette. That's not a very exciting home schedule. I don't care. I get excited no matter what because it's football in Athens, and get, it's an opportunity to get, to get into Sanford Stadium. I live for that. So, I mean, I'm excited about it, but I'm not as excited as you know if you're playing in Alabama, or if you're playing at Clemson or an LSU or something like that. And part of the SEC, the SEC rotation's out of their hands, but it's just it, it is kind of frustrating. I totally understand the frustration there. Uh, See, I think that's the biggest thing, too, is the way they could have set up the schedule also affects, you know, the fan engagement themselves without having to play a Power 5 team to start the season. Yeah, I mean, I know fans who have had season tickets for years and are not renewing their season tickets this year because of this home schedule, which I think is really short-sighted. I don't get that at all. Like, I don't know why you would— The only reason I would is for next year. But, I mean, exactly—but why—like, you're going to give up this one bad— home schedule, okay? So you're going to give up your season tickets for the rest of your life? or And then I guess you could you could still try to get back in later on, but there's no guarantee you will get back in later on. You won't have the seats you, you have. You won't before. have, you're giving up those seats. So I, I I don't understand that. Like, I've tried to voice this. I mean, it's, there, it's totally a decision, and, I, and it's just my opinion, but like, I, I would never dream of it. Even if it is a rough home schedule this year, like, come on, man. Like, let's be, let's look into the future here a little bit. But, but fans are upset, and I do understand the frustration. Um, but do you think we do a decent enough job scheduling some of these non-conference games because you I hear some like some people I know some of my buddies are like they're like man we don't get to play anybody any good why don't we ever play anybody any good um do you think that's well, true I think we do a good enough job for the team we are because right now teams want to play Bama teams want to do things like that because they want it all well I think we could get some of those games we have like we had Oregon scheduled we had I mean we had Louisville scheduled under Damon Evans McGarity came in and for whatever reason canceled the series to Oregon which pissed me off because I was super excited about going to Oregon but now I don't get to. I think we would have gone two years. I think it was 2015 we would have gone to Oregon. Um, but like, I don't think we've done that bad of a job. If you go back to like 2008, we played at Arizona State, played at Oklahoma State in 2009, at Colorado in 2010. We played Boise State in the Georgia Dome in a neutral site game in 2011. Which, we which played we lost. UNC this past year. played UNC this past one. year. We played at Clemson in 2013. Uh, we played Clemson at home in 2014. We got at Notre Dame this year. So it's not like it's been – like we, we, we've had some opportunities – uh, it's just that that Tet game kind of it holds us back. Like, let me ask you this: Should we keep Tech on the schedule? I'd rather keep Tech if we watch how we did the Power Five schedule, like this year, where we have Tech away and Notre Dame away. It would have been better if we had Tech away and Notre Dame at home. I wish we would do away with the Tech game. I honestly do. Uh, I don't, I, and I, I'll be straight with you because I have no respect for Tech. Yeah, I know they beat us last year, whatever. But dude, we've won thirteen out of sixteen games against them. Every now and then, what every five or six years, you know, we screw up a little bit and they ride and they and they get one here or there, whatever. Um, but dude, the reality is they're not on our level. They're just not. It doesn't mean they can't win a game every now and then. They do, and when they do win, it's like the world has ended. Like they think they are the greatest thing that's ever lived. And I want to. I just want to crawl into a Bears game and go in hibernation. Is- 
I think the biggest thing about that is the competition, but at the same time, like you said, you don't. It's nothing special going to Bobby Dodd State. It's not, and like what? But what does that do? Like playing Tech every year, how does that help us? How? The only way, the only way is realistically, if we use it to our advantage, for the fact that that rule that you have to play one, you know, power. Right, we have to play one power. But that's what I'm saying is, instead of playing Tech every year, wouldn't it be better to be able to play a, a different Power Five team where we, where we could go and play some of these cool venues, but still only have one big Power Five game so it doesn't load up our schedule, rather than having just to play Tech every year and not be able be able to go to all these cool places. I mean, that's a very fair argument, yeah. I mean, honestly, because playing Tech does not help us in any way. It can only hurt us. It helps Tech because it gives them a chance every blue moon, every five, six, seven years to maybe get a win over us, and then they can, you know, run around town like they're big bad guy on the block when they're really just a piece of trash. You know, every couple years they can do that. But for us, like, winning, beating Tech is like, okay, yeah, Georgia beat Tech. We're supposed to. Like, when's the last time ESPN's ever played up the fact that we beat Tech? No one cares because it's not on, it's not on the national radar during rivalry week. Does, the, does that game register they, nationally? You can see how little they care about what time they play the game every year. Now. Exactly, like that game does not register nationally. It gives us nothing to play that game. Yeah, maybe you can say, well, it's a Power Five game when it comes to play up to the to the playoff rankings. But why not get rid of that game and play some of these big time opponents? Go to Michigan. Go to Ohio State. Like we're going to Notre Dame. It's awesome. But do that, and then you can still have those three baby seals that you can club around and not kill yourself with your schedule and still be in good shape for the college playoff rankings. To me, that's the way to go. Now, that's like that's not going to happen, though, right? I mean, that's not realistic. Like, I don't ever foresee a situation that's going to happen to you. I mean, if I was the athletic director, I would make strides towards that. But it's just not – I mean, that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. But, I, I mean, I would love for it to. It just doesn't do anything for us. Like, I love beating Tech. Because I, I hate Tech. I mean, honestly, I probably hate Tech more than anybody. Just because every – like, I don't really respect – I don't at all. But when they do beat us, like this past year, and maybe I'm just still – maybe it's because it's still fresh, it 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 gets under my skin. Because they should never beat us. Ever. 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 Uh, and so I just – I just I don't think we should play them. I don't, I don't think it helps us in any way. All it can do is hurt us. I'd rather play some of these other teams. I don't know. That's just me. Well, and it's the fact that – we have so many rivals now, you can't even keep up with them. I know. You're, that's true, too. But look at – okay, let me just read you a couple – and we'll wrap this up here real quick. I just want to read you a couple. So teams like in the SEC that don't have an in-state rival that's in, that's in another conference that we have to play every year, like Tennessee and LSU, here's the, some of the things that they've gotten to do because they still try to play at least one Power 5 game every year. Let's go back to 2008. Tennessee played at, at UCLA in 2008. In 2009, they played UCLA at home. 2010, they had uh, they were they had played Oregon at home. 2011, Cincinnati, nothing great. 2012, NC State a neutral side in Atlanta. 2013, Tennessee went to Oregon. 2014, they went to Oklahoma. 2016, they had a really cool game at Bristol Motor Speedway against Virginia Tech. This year, they're playing Tech. Well, whatever. Um, and you got LSU. 2009, they went to Washington. They then 2010, they had UNC um, at a neutral side in Atlanta. Then then they had West Virginia at home. 2011, LSU uh, had Oregon on neutral site. Then they went to West Virginia, which was a cool town. Uh, 2012, they had Washington at home. 2013, TCU at a neutral site. 2014, Whiskey, Wisconsin at a neutral site. 2015, at Syracuse, which might not sound that great, but I mean, kind of cool. I mean, when else are you going to go to Syracuse? 2060, last year, they went they went to freaking Lambeau Field to play Wisconsin. How freaking awesome would that have been? That would have been pretty cool. They've been crazy. So they get to do those cool things and still not overload their schedule because they don't have to play some piece of trash non-conference in-state opponent every single year. 
So it sucks. Like we're in Clemson. Clemson's the same as us though. Like they have to play South Carolina every year. They try to go out and play some teams every now and then outside of South Carolina, but they're kind of the same boat as us. But I don't know, man. It's an interesting conversation there. I, I, you got to be safe. You don't want to kill yourself because you want to put yourself in, in in position to get to the playoff. But you also want to make sure your scheduling is strong enough to give yourself that chance. You know. So, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. There's a lot of different opinions on that. And, we, guys, we'd love to hear your opinions. I mean, we just, we're just two guys. I mean, we're necessarily right. So, hit us up on Twitter, at Gloria underscore UGA. Let us know what you think about that. But uh, that's all I got today, guys. Uh, check back with us next week. We're talking more football. It is, I mean, it's spring practice. So, we'll call it spring football season right now. Before we go, I do want to throw just a couple quick items at you here. I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing about the state of our athletic department right now with our major programs not really performing up to expectations and really not being all that great. Uh, but there are some programs uh, that, are, that are on campus that are really doing a great job and do a great job year in and year out. They just kind of pursue excellence on an annual basis. Uh, two of those programs, the men's and women's tennis programs, have a chance to clinch outright SEC titles this weekend. The, the ladies are at home all weekend. They'll be uh, here Friday uh, against, I think, I believe LSU. And then on Sunday, we have our final home match, be Senior Day, against Texas A&M before the SEC tournament. Have a chance to clinch at home. And the guys are at Texas A&M in a huge match. Uh, we've already clinched a share of the SEC title, our fifth straight SEC title, 40th overall uh, for the men's tennis program. But we have a chance to clinch at Texas A&M this Saturday. So be checking. I know you can't go to the Texas A&M match for the guys. But you can kind of keep up with it online there. You can also come out to the Dan McGill Tennis Complex and check out the women's tennis team as they try to clinch as well. And one last little item here. I do just want to throw this out there at you guys. One of our uh, our Twitter followers, a guy named Matthew Hall, I think his Twitter handle is at loyal underscore two underscore the underscore G. His name is Matthew Hall, though, and he uh, is a photographer. Uh, and he is in a competition right now on the Friday Night Football Magazine. Uh, it's fnfmagazine.com, and he's up for photographer of the year. So be awesome if you can help a fellow dog out. He's got a great photo of Jake Fromm signing autographs, so that is up for photo of the year and he's up for photographer of the year so head on to fnfmagazine.com look for the photographer of the year icon click on that and vote for Matthew Hall and his photo of Jake Fon help a a fellow dog out there guys Uh, but for Curtis I'm Tyler we always appreciate you guys checking in with us we really do wouldn't have the show without you Uh, and as always guys go dogs